share a simple thought with you tonight. If you've got your Bibles, uh, take it to Acts chapter number 1. Acts chapter number 1. Um, we've been talking about the New Testament church and learning from them. Uh, tonight I want to take a, a, just a simple thought. We Last week we talked about this same subject and, and uh, we're up to talk about it again. But uh, we talked about prayer and our time with God. And last week we talked about the Lord's Prayer and how that we can apply that to our life. Um, but tonight I want to give you some in, um, inspirations of prayer. Inspirations of prayer. Uh, as you look at the Bible, <clears throat> we want we want to see we want to see uh, the good of prayer, right? We want to see the uh, the answered prayer. We want to see that uh, where where God comes through for us. You know, there are times when we do pray, and it just seems like. It ain't going nowhere. And it seems like, man, I've prayed this prayer again and again and again. And, and, uh, but tonight, as we look at this um, in Acts chapter number 1, and then we'll look at uh, just a couple of thoughts of uh, um, just prayers that are inspirations to me, inspirations when it comes to uh, man interceding for other people. Uh, it's important. And Brother Chuck, you know, I, I'm, I'm very glad you are here, but uh, it's very important that we pray for you. It's very important that we pray for Brother John. You know, these two men are, are dealing with something that, that uh, I'm not dealing with. They're dealing, Brother John lost his wife two months ago. Yeah, uh, last Friday would have been two months. And they've been married 66 years. 66 years. You know, uh, Brother Chuck's wife's been sick off and on for a year and a half. You know what they need? They need us praying for them. You say, well, I need prayer too. You may need prayer. And we're praying for you too. But we need to, they need to know that we've got their back. They need to know that people in our church are praying for them. And not just, uh, not just uh, hey, I, I, I say I'm praying for you, but really pray for them. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Let's begin reading in verse number uh, 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea. And in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these words. Uh, spoken these things while they beheld. He was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. So here we are, grab the setting here. Jesus has just told them, I'm leaving, but before I leave, you shall receive power. That Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. I'm leaving, and I'm sending that Holy Ghost. As we've learned in the, Old, in the New Testament, Jesus said the Holy Spirit was the comforter. The Holy Spirit is the one that will help us. Uh, indwell us, uh, help us to, to, to make the right decisions. But he said, I'm leaving and I'm gone. Verse 8, he said, you're going to receive that power. And verse number 9, he leaves, he's out of their sight, and he's received into heaven. Now what do the disciples do? Where do they go from here? Can you imagine your master, your leader, your uh, Christ, you watched him die on the cross. You watched him shed his blood. 
You watched him raise from the dead. You walked with him uh, when he arose from the dead. And now he's looking at you face to face with you. And he says, I'm leaving, but ye shall receive power after that. And the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And I'm gone. Woo! And he shoots off into the sky. He rides off into a cloud of glory. And you can no longer see him. Can you imagine what's going through those, those disciples' minds? Maybe they were sad. Maybe they were upset. Maybe they were kind of, they didn't know exactly what to do. But the Bible says, what did they do? Verse 10. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went, beheld two men stood by them in white apparel. And they said, what, which, what, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall come in the like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. He said, what are you doing standing here? Jesus just left. He's coming back. But leave. Go do your work. Go do what you're supposed to do. Don't just stand here gazing, looking up, going, what's going on? So what goes on? Verse number 12, verse number 13, verse number 12, they go back to Jerusalem. Verse number 13, it tells us they're all in the upper room. There's many of them there gathered together in the upper room. Verse 13, verse 14 happens. Watch verse 14. These all, these all, verse 13, who's, who's that all that's continuing? These all continued with one accord in what? Prayer. In what? Prayer. prayer. They all continued in prayer and supplication with the women, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. So what were they doing? They were praying. You know what they were doing together? They were praying. There they were. Every one of them. Maybe a different, maybe they had different jobs. They were all come from different backgrounds. They had all gathered together in this upper room. Jesus had just left. And here they are, all gathered together. And the Bible says that they're praying in one accord. That doesn't mean, and I, I'm not being silly, I, I'm, I'm being silly myself. That doesn't mean that they were all praying in a Honda, okay? That means that they were praying together. Yes. They were all praying of one mind. They were all wanting to accomplish what needed to be accomplished. And they prayed together. And they prayed in unison. And they prayed. No, not every one of them said the same words. They didn't all say exactly what the other one was saying. But they all prayed together in one accord. And they prayed. And they prayed. And they prayed. And they prayed until heaven came down. And they didn't stop until heaven came down. That's what the Bible tells us. After that, the Holy Ghost came upon them. But they prayed until something happens. You know what we like to do? Lord bless me. Right. That's nothing. You know what sometimes we got to do? Pray until 
something happens. These disciples were all gathered together. They didn't know what was going on. They didn't know about the Holy Ghost. They didn't understand what was going to take place. They, they weren't full of the Holy Ghost before. All they knew was what Jesus told them about the Holy Spirit. Well, they needed to pray until something happened. And they prayed. And it wasn't just the men either. It was the women as well. Look at verse 14. They all could, and all continued with one accord. Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. It wasn't just the disciples. Hey, prayer's not just for the men. Prayer's for the women too. Can I get an amen, ladies? Amen. Look, I'm telling you what, if I need prayer answered and I'm not being, I'm not being uh, judgmental or uh, of anything, but if I need prayer answered, you know who I'm going to call? I'm going to call my grandma. Because I know she's got a direct line to heaven. Yeah. You say, how do you know? Because I've seen, I've watched God answer my grandma's prayers. You say, what do you mean they prayed till heaven came down? Bible says in chapter number 2 and verse number 1, the Bible says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come and were all with one accord in one place, and they were all in one accord in the same place. Verse number 2, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire, and it set on each of them, and the, and they were all filled with who? Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost of God. And they prayed until something happened. An illustration of prayer is we keep praying till the light breaks through. Keep praying to the Lord. He'll answer you. Don't you quit. Don't you give up. Don't you stop praying. Because we've got to make that connection until it happens. Amen. Keep praying. Keep praying. Amen. Don't stop praying. When they preached and the Holy Ghost came down Thousands of people were saved because they didn't stop praying. They didn't stop praying. Bible says, I am the Lord thy God. I change not. The same God that these disciples, these apostles prayed for and to is the same God that we pray to as well. Amen. Another illustration of prayer in the Bible is Abraham praying for Sodom. Now you say, what do you mean by that? God said, Abraham, I'm going to kill them. I'm going to get rid of all of them. I'm going to destroy them. I'm going to rain fire from heaven. And Abraham goes to God. And he said, God, if there's some righteous people down there, would you spare them? Would you spare them for some righteous people? 
Do you know what God says? Nah. Foul out of her. That's not what God says. God says, because Abraham came to me on your behalf, I'll spare him. Go down there, check to, to see if there's enough righteous for me to spare. And so guess what? They go down there and they check to see if there's not, there's not enough righteous people. All right, God, I'm going to kill them. Abraham said, wait a minute, God. Would you come down just a little bit? Would you come down just a little bit? Abraham works him down all the way to 10. If there's 10 righteous, would you, would you not slaughter some? Would you not rain fire from heaven? Do you know why that took place? Because Abraham said, I'm going to intercede for Solomon. Now, I don't know why Abraham stopped at 10. He could have went to 5, I guess. Ain't nothing in the Bible that says that he couldn't have stopped it. He could have went down to 5. But for whatever reason, no, Abraham decided not to. But God said, I will, I'll spare him for 10. You know what we need to do? We need to be Abraham. We need to spare this country for so many righteous Hey, God, would you spare? We need to intercede for other people. These illustrations of prayer, we can use these and go to God on the behalf of others that He would intercede for those people. Sodom didn't believe in God. Sodom put their fists in God's face. Sodom hated God, and yet God was willing to, uh, to, uh, to protect them and not blow them off the face of the earth because a righteous man was praying for them. Because yeah. somebody was praying for them. We see that, 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 that we need to pray for like the apostles. Keep on praying through. We see an illustration of prayer of interceding for someone else. We see also when Moses was come down out of the mount, God was angry. God was ready to kill them all. And Moses says, God, God, would you, would you not kill them? Would you, would you not kill them? Moses interceding for the wickedness of Israel and God spared the children of Israel. Because of somebody interceding for them. Who interceded for you on the behalf of your sin? Who stood between you? Who stood between you and God and said, God, would you save him? God, would you spare him? God, would you spare him? I can know this for sure. I remember my dad telling me that at late at night he would be out doing things he shouldn't have been doing and come in late at night and go up the stairs to the old house and he'd hear my grandma praying on the side of her bed, praying that he'd get right, praying that he'd live right, praying that God would do something. And because of my grandma praying for my daddy and my uncle and my aunts, listen, she has three preachers in the family and four of them got her husband because she didn't stop praying. Amen. She interceded on somebody's behalf. I'm born again today because someone interceded for me. Amen. Someone prayed for me. I can't nail it down and say this person prayed for me or this person prayed for me, but I know there was somebody praying. Oh, Trent, get saved. That day came when I got saved. 
somebody interceded for me. Who are we interceding for? We see an illustration of prayer. Pray until something happens. We see an illustration of prayer. Prayer for someone else interceding for those that are those people that need prayer. We see Stephen's prayer of submission. Stephen's prayer of forgiveness. And go back to the book of Acts when Stephen was, was getting ready to be killed. They brought Stephen before the Lord. Or before the, I'm sorry, before the council. And they stood there and they mocked him. And they began to say why this or why that. And Stephen stood and put a finger in their face. And he said, let me tell you about God. And he preached the message to him. Acts chapter 6, Acts chapter number 7. Acts chapter 7. He preached a sermon to him. At the end of that sermon, do you know what they decided to do to Stephen? They killed him. They killed him. But the Bible says that they drug Stephen to the end of the town or wherever it was that they put him. And they all gathered their stones and they all gathered their rocks. And they were all ready to, ready to throw their stones at him. And, and Stephen looks up to heaven and he begins to pray. And he said, Lord, he said, hold not this sin to their charge. You know what he was saying to God? He said, those men that are killing me, he said, don't blame them. Don't put it on their account. Forgive them is what I'm asking you to do. He said, would you forgive them? The Bible says that he looked steadfastly into heaven. And there was somebody standing on the right hand of the Father. He got up. And the only person that sat to the right hand of the Father is Jesus, just in case you wasn't for sure about that. He stood up. Come on, Stephen. Come on home. As they killed him that day. Prayed for the forgiveness of others. I believe there was someone else that prayed for the forgiveness of others as Jesus was on the cross. Yeah. He looked at those men who had tore his beard. He looked at those men who spat in his face. He looked at those men who took the crown of thorns and beat it upon his head. He looked them square in the eye. And he said, Father, please forgive them. Because they don't even know what they're doing. Or, for, for, Father, please forgive them for they know not what they do. He forgave Amen. me. That man who looked at him in the eye. Spit at him. He forgave him. Yes. The prayer of the forgiveness of others. God forgave Stephen forgave. An illustration of someone interceding, praying until something happens. The Lord. Number four, the Lord's prayer for strength. You know that in Matthew chapter 26, he goes to the garden. And he says, Lord, what do you want me to do? Not my will, but thine be done. He was asking his father for strength. What the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ with strength that is who? Me. Me. 
Prayer for strength. You know what some of us need? Prayer for strength. I'm almost done. I'm going to end with this last one. Number six. The sinner's prayer for forgiveness. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. So the moment that I open my mouth and ask God to save me of my sins, forgive me of my sins, He will. See, how do you know that? Because He tells me He will. First mm -hmm. John 1, 9. I'm going to close with this verse. First John 1, 9 tells me that if we confess our sins, Sometimes, no. he'll forgive us. No, that ain't what it says. Is that what it says? No. no. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and he's just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So every time I fail and every time I mess up and every time I make a mistake, I can go to God and know He'll forgive me and know that He'll take me. I heard an illustration about this forgiveness. Not only does God forgive me, but the Bible says He's just and He, for, and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Do you know what happens? Alyssa and Reagan and, and Lindsay, they like to play out in the yard. And every once in a while, a little bit dirty. They'll come inside. Guess what we'll need to do for them? We'll need to wash them up. So, and then you get them all washed up and get all that dirt off of them, and then they're clean, right? Mm -hmm. So what God does for me is that when I mess up, and when I, I do things I shouldn't do, and I get sin, and I get some mud on my boots because I went somewhere or I said something I shouldn't, and I go to God and I say, God, would you please forgive me? He says, okay, God, come here. Come here, I'll forgive you, but let's go take a bath. And he takes me, and he washes that dirt off of me, and he says, all right, you're clean and ready to go. When I ask for forgiveness, God says, I'll forgive you, and then I'll cleanse you with God's righteousness, and he's faithful every time to forgive me when I pray to him. Amen. How often, Brother Trent, how often do you fail him? Every day. Amen. But every day, I know I can get God's forgiveness. Yeah, amen. And He'll wash me every time when I ask. Yes. Now here it is. The prayer of pushing through. Pray until something happens. The prayer for interceding for someone else. The prayer of the sinner for forgiveness. The prayer of Stephen forgiving those who had wronged him. Those are our prayers of illustrations. There's hundreds of prayers more in the Bible. But if you're a sinner and never asked Christ to save you, today's the day. Maybe you're a sinner and you say, I'm too bad for God to forgive. You're not too bad. No. He won't forgive. That's right. Let's take time with God tonight. Let's pray until something happens. Lord, we love you. We thank you for tonight. Thank you for everyone that's here. 
Lord, I pray that you bless the young people for being here tonight. I pray <clears throat> that you'd use me in spite of me, Lord, oh wretched man that I am, oh sinner that I am. Lord, I pray that you work in every heart of every individual that's here. Help us to pray. Help us to spend time with him. Lord, we love you, and in Jesus' name we pray. May every head bowed, every closed. Let's have a moment of, of prayer. Let's have a moment of invitation.